Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. Elnaz Saraf, founder and CEO of Royby Robot and Unigalax. Welcome to NFP. I'm so glad you could join me today. Hey, Darren. I'm excited to be here and thank you for having me today. For sure. You know, now when I was learning about you, I was like, this is a really interesting individual. You are all over the map in Web3. You've got a YouTube presence. You've got the Instagram happening. You've got the innovative uh invention that i think time recognizes the best invention of was it 2020 2019 2019 um Mm -hmm. and you're working on a metaverse edutainment platform and you know i'm a teacher um teaching mostly math in a junior high setting and i just thought what an interesting story i mean are you do you have an education background Thank you, first of all. Uh, Well, education is truly my passion and every individual Mm -hmm. part of our team, they're so passionate about education. You know, I think it goes back to my own experience as a child because I was really fortunate that my parents paid a lot of attention to my education. You know, they wanted me to learn different skill sets when I was little, you know, I was still assembling computers and doing so many different things at the same time. I fell in love with art and then I decided I really want to bring my art, my creations into life. So I got into coding and did Mm -hmm. so many different things. And also I grew up mostly with my dad and um, he's a businessman. So I was really involved in day-to-day businesses. You know, even my mom used to help my dad. So I I got a first-hand experience in everything and then realized, you know, the person I am today with my skill sets that really helped me to, you know, create um, innovative products and be an entrepreneur for the past few years. It was really education and my educational background, especially my diverse educational background, really helped me on this path. So I decided to give that back and create products that can really help people to focus on uh, you know their skills and learning new things to accelerate their their future uh, development very cool so you mentioned art and of course a lot of people listening to this show that's kind of the reason they listen is they're listening to people who are in the artistic space in web3 let's talk about your art a little bit what's your experience in that realm Sure, you know, I actually, most of my uh, projects or arts experiences back from home, I I was born in Iran and moved to the US 15 years ago. So I I have that culture, you know, that Middle Eastern culture with um, a lot of, uh, I would say, rich art. And I think that creative background really helped me to, uh, you know, to create new products in technology. And um, I'd say, you know, my perspective on art is 
is every day I'm doing something in art related to art, maybe whether it be app design, uh, web de uh, design, or even product design for our robot. I was heavily involved. And I like doing uh, different things if, if I have time uh, in between. Right on. So have you uh, made any, minted any NFTs of your art? Did you ever get around <laughs> to that? Not, not yet, because <laughs> I've been, I've been very busy. I, I do have, of course, some NFTs, but uh, not my own. And my own would be actually our, our project, the newest project we are working at Royby, which we are creating a, an educational metaverse to really bridge the gap inside the Web3 and education space. As I'm sure you know, it's a very traditional space, and we really want to be one of the leaders to bridge this gap and bring education into Web3. Now, I found that a really interesting element because, of course, in the last couple of years, we've had periods of time as teachers in many parts of the world, at least where, and especially where I live in Canada, where we did have lockdowns and we did have full online teaching. And it was tough. You know, it was like just an instant switch over. There wasn't like right. a, there was I think we had a week where they were like, okay, everybody go home. This is when it was first shut down. Everybody go home and just plan. And yeah, back in a week, fully teaching online. It was like, what? <laughs> you know, so there was there was nothing in terms of, you know, materials, resources. Um, yes. And, you know, the toughest part I found teaching online was uh, the, the kids who do struggle a little bit, they were able to just disengage. They mm -hmm. could just go, I don't feel like doing this. Right. And uh, it was really hard to stay connected with those kids. Of course, you've always got your small percentage that are super into it, regardless of right. what you're doing. Right. But uh, that was really tough as a teacher to keep those kids engaged. Yes, I, I totally agree. You know, when pandemic happened, nobody was ready. And as I mentioned, the, the education industry is quite traditional. It was uh, it took them 20 years after the invention of computer to actually start <laughs> using those within the classrooms. It was by 2007. You know, they started to gradually using tablets and then mm -hmm. it was 2011, I think, you know, introduced iPad, a little bit more advanced technology. So as you can imagine, it was very, very difficult. And um, the good thing is it's really prepared us for a future that is going to be absolutely different. And that's one of the reasons, you know, we, we started, I always joke, we, we are kind of ahead of our time because when we actually built and designed our robot, with artificial intelligence for little kids actually starting from two years old. We have customers that are two years old interacting with our <laughs> robot. And we've been hearing during pandemic, a lot of parents use our robot to homeschool their kids, get them engaged, not just on Zoom, <laughs> you know, um, yep. and really helped us to grow our technology. But before that, it's quite interesting. Uh, some people used to tell us, why do we even need something like this? And then pandemic happens, everybody realizes, you know, there is another way of learning and engaging kids and students within the learning progress and uh, you know it's it also really helped us to think about what else we can do to make learning more exciting and more interactive and that's when we, we decided to look into creating a platform uh, mm -hmm. to be intra interactive collaborative for students and educators but also the interesting part of it is we, we also want to really focus on incentivizing and rewarding students as that really gets them excited. Mm -hmm. So 
Tell me about that with the Unigalax platform. Of course, it's set up to be like a sort of a metaverse kind of a setting. And that th word is thrown around a lot nowadays. Uh, but, you know, and there's, you know, a lot of companies that are investing heavily into it. Uh, yes. Meta being the most obvious one. But, you know, Microsoft, Sony, etc. And, yes. uh, you know, where do you see yourselves in that space? You know, like I'm looking at it, I'm going, okay, there's a lot of fragmentation happening here. But is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't know. Think about it. First of all, Metaverse has been around for many, many years. I don't know if you remember sure. the game Sims. You know, that's a Metaverse, right? Even growing up, I was playing on that. You know, I was building my future on Sims. So it has I was more into there. the MMOs myself, personally. <laughs> like Fortnite and so many other games. So it's not a new concept. But when, of right. course, big companies come in, you know, create a lot of buzz, it creates a lot of opportunities, innovation. And Metaverse is such a new space. Nobody really knows where it's going. But it's a really good start because if you really think about it, more and more people are going to invest in virtual war. That doesn't mean we are going to lose our real world but there's so many more things we could do in the virtual world that we couldn't probably do in uh, the real world that makes it really exciting for people and then when you add the element of education you know a lot of students don't like to learn um, especially online learning completion rate is about 15 percent which is really yeah. really low i believe it, i believe it yeah yes and if we can create an interactive platform to mm -hmm. create collaboration, excitement, surprises, and you know, very good incentive in place for both creators and learners. So that's something that we we want to invest in. We we are really investing in ten years from today, not necessarily right. two years from today. And I also see, you know, a lot of these uh, metaverse companies are going to come up or projects. And a lot of them are going to be collaboration between different platforms. And that that's really something that gets me excited about Web3. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting, you know, how, you know, you do have the metaverse elements that are tied directly to crypto. And then you have the metaverse elements that are outside of that realm. You know, and to me, inevitably, at some point, it will be tied to crypto because of the digital assets within those realms that are only transactable through virtual currencies. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a new area, you know, especially uh, for us, for mm -hmm. our audience, at least. They are one of those, uh, like I would say, 95% that they don't have enough knowledge. And we think, uh, we are quite confident that with time, we would be able to actually educate that audience, gradually bring them to the metaverse, to the crypto world, because a lot of people that they don't have enough education, they feel it's so complicated. Many, many mm -hmm. years ago, you know, when uh, Bitcoin was just out, I was one of those people, but I had the opportunity to educate myself, but not so many people have that type of opportunities. And we think right. by creating Unigalex, we could actually start educating people and then make the process simple for them. Because right now, you know, if you want to enter a metaverse and decentralized sandbox, it's a little bit complicated. Connect mm -hmm. your wallet, do this, do that, and so many other things. And one of our goal in this metaverse that we are building is to make sure the process is simple enough for that 95% to get it right and understand it's not complicated, it is safe and it's not scary, <laughs> and then gradually start transitioning, but it's gonna take time.
Interesting. I'd be curious, you know, as a teacher, maybe you can talk about like people using this platform as coaches, instructors. Um, what would that experience be like for, for a person like me? Right. So one of the things that we are working on um, and the, the project still is under development, of course, we've been talking to a lot of influencers, you know, that they mm -hmm. have um, a, a large group of audience. They, they have courses in different areas like finance, uh, entrepreneurship, marketing. We want to test and see how uh, the platform would actually work with them. So what mm -hmm. we are thinking is we want to convert these uh, content, their assets into NFT assets and create basically, I would say like a, a VIP ticket to exclusive courses that they can actually manage on a decentralized platform. So they're not at the mercy of YouTube or Instagram, you know, taking a lot of their profits or even uh, blocking their accounts. And then that would generate um, another three to actually five revenue stream for content creators by turning their content into NFTs. You know, they can initially sell it, they can um, lend it to other people, even students can um, lend and borrow courses and creates this community that they can collaborate. And the more they collaborate, at least on our platform, we want to in, uh, incentivize people through our tokens. The more they uh, progress, the more tokens they can generate. And again, that, that creates a lot of collaboration, but also I, I wouldn't say punishment, but we also want to make sure uh, we have some sort of inflation rate in place for the people they don't collaborate. So they, mm. they, uh, it actually gets them to, um, to work uh, towards uh, the making the metaverse better project. Interesting. Can you explain that a little bit more, what you have in mind? <laughs> um, I try not to go into a lot of details <laughs> because, again, the project is still under development. But um, the idea behind it is, you know, within a society, even the real world, some yeah. people put a lot more effort and some people don't do it. Some people joke, you know, uh, some people get free rides. We don't want that <laughs> to happen because, you know, this is going to be a DAO community. It highly depends on its members. So if we just let it go, you know, the platform is going to die. So mm -hmm. the more collaboration we get on, on the platform, whether it's be creating assets, you know, being involved in voting and even bringing others onto the platform, people get more um, uh, incentives and rewards. But the ones that they just hold the token and it's just, oh, let it go, you know, let's see what happens. We want to play some inflation rate um, to actually encourage them to be involved. Because again, this is a community that requires collaboration, creativity. And we are excited about this and see how it goes. In cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at atomiczombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emergent, evolve as they receive more attention online, powered by the Coin Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. Very cool. I'm looking at uh, how it works, and you have an area here called that talks about the planet ownership. Essentially, that's yes. like a community that you're building, and then people would go there. 
Is that the idea? Yes, think about it like um, a very similar concept to sandbox that they have virtual lands, but mm -hmm. we, we wanted to create our platform in, in space. Uh, you know, being in space, even idea of space makes people really excited. And we wanted to, instead of lands, we wanted to have planets and galaxies and people can create different types of assets. Like for example, for our company, we uh, we are working on creating a site from the planets that, um, you know, people can place their assets and create their own world. We are also working on um, specific NFTs. We call them intelligent NFTs and they're going to be our tour guides, AI, um, teachers. And um, the, re the reason we could do that is because our company holds a patent in voice recognition AI. And we mm -hmm. want to utilize that to help both creators and um, students around the planets. Is that coming over from the Roybe robot then, the, some yes, of that AI? Is. Yes, Can you talk about that a little bit in terms of what went into that work of developing that AI? That seems to me like that would have been, I mean, there's all kinds of voice recognition software out there. A lot of it's pretty iffy, you know. I, I still know yes. if I use my car's voice recognition <laughs> to, you know, look up something, it, it half the time it doesn't recognize what I'm saying. Yes. The good thing is, um, you know, we've been working on the development of our voice recognition engine for over five years. We also acquired mm -hmm. a company two years ago. And uh, one specific difference uh, about our engine is we actually developed it for kids. You know, the way that kids talk is totally different than adults. Sure. Different words, variations. So, our platform um, is designed in a way that takes short sentences. We also can categorize the sentences to know, uh, you know, based on specific words and short sentences, we know which category they're talking about. So we can actually recognize much faster. Uh, and our technology that we've built, it's not on our current platform, but um, it will be on the future products. It's the edge technology, which means you don't need internet access to actually have the voice recognition to work. It works on the device and oh, really? it has yeah. a highest privacy actually, because everything gets done on the device, nothing on the cloud. And we do hold the patents on that. Very interesting. I just know like speaking another language, you know, that's often how our minds work too. When I'm listening to someone speaking French and my French is kind of, it's okay, yes. but it's not great. Um, I do the same thing. I listen for the keywords, you know, and I go, oh, they're talking about this, you know, and from there I decipher, you know, what's going. Cause I was thinking with this robot, like, listening to children talk, that's got to be a challenge, like in terms of being able to recognize what they're talking about. Very, very much. And we do have a technology called Graph Builder. And mm -hmm. uh, what it does is, uh, you know, as you also mentioned, when kids talk, we really don't care much about the grammar or, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the long sentence. We just listen to or, or the engine listens to specific words. And based on that, it can respond back. We also have different benchmarks set up for, for the recognition. Because again, uh, for adults, you know, when we talk, it's uh, a lot more obvious than when the kids talk. So everything on our engine is quite uh, complex. And because it is designed for kids, it can easily recognize adults. Um, so that's why we are really excited to deploy it on our metaverse and take advantage of this um, technology. And the fun part is we do have plans to possibly incentivize people to help us even train the engine further. 
Uh, interesting. Because, of course, you could tokenize that effort. Absolutely. <laughs> uh -huh. So uh, I'm looking at this where it says it's the first ever AI-powered NFT assets that you can train, play, trade. You talked about that a little bit. Can you explain a little bit more what's involved in an AI-powered NFT? Um, so what we are looking into doing is uh, when somebody buys the, um, the NFT, we also give them a small... Um, Think about it like an SDK, but you actually own a very small part of that large brain. And okay. uh, we would actually allow them to train these uh, NFTs. Again, it can be just an AI tutor, AI pet, or anything they want to build. And uh, the more they, they contribute, as you mentioned, we do have plans to tokenize because it's going to really help the whole uh, large picture, the larger community than just their, um, their own asset. And that's how we're going to make the NFTs intelligent, a connection between the asset and also the, the AI engine behind it. And we are going to work on a platform that they can easily um, train it, but it's going to be basic in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's interesting just looking at this and thinking of really the, the Unigalax is a continuation of what you're doing with Roy B. Yes. Robot. <laughs> I'm right. glad you're saying that because some uh, people, you know, when we talk about um, Unigalax, they're like, oh, you build products for kids, you know, why are you focusing on this? And I, I always say, you know, we always look for opportunities to extend. And when you think about it, those kids grow up and by the time, you know, the, the platform is mature enough and we do have also programs for kids, they can easily transition from Roby robots um, to this platform and continue growing with the company. Right. Interesting. Now, I got to ask you, though, because you've obviously been in the crypto space for some time. When I look at you on YouTube and you've got all kinds of videos about, you know, what's happening with the market right now. That's an entirely different side of you in a sense, yes. right? <laughs> yes, uh, how long is. has that been a thing for you? The whole YouTube uh, crypto scene? Um, I think I started officially um, last year, mid last year right? in um, 2021. And mm -hmm. um, the idea behind it was really, you know, as a person that's works in the industry to gradually gra uh, educate people about it. And, you know, I, I do have some educational videos. I do have some videos that I just only talk about the market, what's happening. And I also really um, try to make it as positive as possible because there's a lot of news out there that are putting a lot of negative pressure on crypto. But when you think about it, you know, it's, it's an asset like stock and it's going to have its ups and downs, but it's so new, huge room for growth and lots of potential. And that's what I'm trying to do with the channel. And then, of course, eventually uh, even bring all that content into our platform on Unigalax as one right on. of the creators. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. I was I did actually watch a couple of these videos, and uh, the, the last one here you have on why the Bitcoin crash is good. Yes, Can it you, is. Can uh, you give a little bit of an explanation of that? Yes, of course. You know, I um, I honestly think uh, when something crashes, you know, the market crashes, um, there's a huge opportunity for um, future long-term investments. But also when you look at all these ups and downs, you know, it's the crash isn't as bad as many people actually think, because yes, we went below 20,000 a little bit, 
but we went back up. We were almost 22,000 yesterday. And then, you know, you know, these ups and downs are good to actually see the strength of the assets. And that's what I'm trying to communicate with people. And from my point of view, in the next 10 years, uh, Bitcoin is going to be somewhere nobody ever imagined. And the reason is it's just so new and it's going to take time. And there are going to be a lot of products, projects behind it to add more utility to the whole crypto space. And I, I think, you know, this crash is good because huge opportunities in the future, in the next three years, uh, most definitely. And I want to communicate that uh, with as many people as possible. Yeah, I think it's good for washing out some of the predatory behavior too. Some of the stuff yes. we've seen where we see, you know, uh, projects that weren't authentic and they were just trying to cash in, things like that. Yes. And that gets all filtered out, right? Yes, but also when you think about it, um, you know, during history, every time there was a downtime, mm -hmm. a lot of great products, a lot of unique projects actually were built. And those companies, the ones that did or, or projects that they survived, became some of the most prominent projects in the world. And, um, you know, I again, I think now it's the time for innovation. There are a lot mm -hmm. of people, even VCs, you know, investors are so scared, so spooky these days. But I think it's just the phase it's going to pass. And it's not just crypto, it's everything else. <laughs> and it's just that we need to focus on innovation and create at the moment. And then next year, the, the next two, three years um, to really launch a successful project. What do you think about for like artists like myself who we're seeing a lot of success in the past year and then it slowed down so severely. What what should artists I mean, I love creating anyway right. and I still make stuff, right? Um what should, what do you what advice do you have to people like that in the space? Continue creating, continue creating. Even for us, you know, uh, we are <laughs> continuing creating every day because once the market picks up, you know, you have your creations ready, you have your ideas worked on. So don't waste time. Don't think it's enough the world. No, it's not. It's just going to go back up, you know, lots and lots of more opportunities. And uh, my advice is always never give up, continue doing what you love and um, things are going to change eventually. <laughs> yeah, I think the change could come more quickly than maybe we expect, of you know, course. like uh, I look at the interest rate hikes and of course that's a huge part of what's happening here is, you know, people are going, well, okay, if, if the interest rates are that high, I don't need to be in these highly risky assets, right? Um, and, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, there's going to be another huge hike coming up probably this summer yet, you know, another like 75, maybe 100 basis points they're talking, yes. right? And, you know, but I do feel, I my personal intuition says to me, that after that, that could be where they go, okay, whoa, 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 we, we're, we're hiking it too much. We got to slow down. And as soon as they tap the brakes, you're going to see, in my opinion, this is not financial advice, but as soon as they tap the brakes, that's when tech stocks, crypto, all those kind of higher risk assets are going to have a rally. But when that happens exactly, I don't know. What do you think? 
Absolutely. I, I feel exactly the same. And as you said, it's not a financial advice, but I, I exactly feel the same. You know, again, this is not the first time that things went down. And of course, uh, everything is going to go back up uh, because it's it's not sustainable this way anyways. You know, our, our economy, right. our country is not built on you know high interest rates. We want to make sure there's more capital, you know, deploy more innovation, more opportunities. So obviously, the Fed needs to uh, lower down the, the interest rates. We don't know exactly when, of course. I'm, I'm hoping by the end of this year, but most likely it's going to happen next year. And that's the time, again, as I mentioned, um, everything is gradually go, are going to go up. And um, if you think about the space, you always need to think about long-term vision, long-term projects. If you just want to make quick money, I'd say stay away. <laughs> but if you believe in the space and long-term project, I, I'd say start building, creating at the moment when the time is um, slow, because it's going to pick up pretty soon, mm -hmm. actually, now, as you said. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it could even be by this fall, possibly. Possibly. But I hear I some could, good I could things be wrong. might happen after September. <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> Could be interesting. Now, you obviously have a unique perspective. You mentioned immigrating to America from Iran. Now, was that when you were a child that that happened or as an adult? Um, no, I, I came 15 years ago. So um, I would say uh, when I was in my 20s. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm just saying, like, that's interesting because I think a lot of people living in North America don't recognize the impact that something like a Web3, like we're talking about Unigalax again, you know, something like that, the opportunities that gives a lot of people in parts of the world where education is not that accessible because we kind of take it for granted here. I know my students do. Um, you know, can you talk about like the potential for this to make an impact in places that don't have a lot of access to education? Absolutely. Um, actually, when we started our company, um, even with our robot, our goal has always been to provide quality education to even uh, families, kids, and even areas that they do not have a lot of opportunities, they don't have access to quality education. And considering that the cost of building on uh, our platform will be almost nothing because, uh, you know, we do have the opportunity to help the creators to build on our platform. And of course, we, we take a small cut, you know, we, we still need to have a sustainable business. And it can go anywhere in the world. And even when you think about deploying AI technologies that can actually interact without even internet connection, that brings so much opportunities. I can't even imagine myself. It's very exciting, but obviously it's going to take some time. And, um, you know, like, for example, we hear like Axie Infinity creating a lot of opportunities for people in areas that they, they make what, maybe uh, $1, $2 a day. So right. they interact on this platform. It's highly impactful and we really want to build an educational platform not for earning but also learning in areas that they they don't have access to this type of material now the other thing about education and tech is the edutainment sector tends to be very saturated very competitive how do you kind of you know rise above that with your tech um 
you know, when I think about the space, yes, there are a lot of different products, companies, but one thing that I've noticed in uh, Web3, in the community, is the mentality of collaboration. It's not mm -hmm. really about competition. It's about opportunities collaborate together. Even now, we, uh, we've been contacting a lot of different education companies to bring their content onto the platform. And we want to collaborate with other platforms. Very recently, we had a good conversation with one of the top uh, metaverse companies, I can't name them, but huge interest uh, you know, in education, collaboration, and that's how we can uh, pretty much you know, unite everybody, as many companies as possible, on either our platform or even different ones, because again, at the end of the day, um, there's always going to be a bridge between them. You know, we can mm -hmm. uh, go back and forth on different uh, platforms, audience and areas, and that makes it really exciting. Personally, I don't like the um, mentality of um, competition because I think mm -hmm. it's destructive and collaboration and partnerships are uh, what we are really focusing on. Yeah, I mean, you've probably heard the term co-optition. To me, that's, you know, it, it's the free market, you know, that's what it's meant to be is there's a competitive element, but in the end, we all should benefit from it or, you know, it's not really working yes. the way it should. It's like different when you think about it, it's like different countries, you know, um, mm -hmm. different countries have different culture, uh, people, opportunities, and you visit a new country, you gain perspective you know, on, on that country, and they have lots of tourists and Similar thing for metaverse, you know, it's not just one thing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be just one, for example, Amazon, and that's it, everybody right. goes there. No, there, there are going to be different platforms with different audience and different uh, features that makes it um, even more exciting. Awesome. Any uh, tidbits of uh, maybe news you can drop for the listeners here at the end of the episode? You know, things you're excited to have coming up in the next few weeks, months? But just for us, we, we are continuously working on our um, alpha version. So we are really excited about that. Um, I can't tell exactly the, the launch date, but we are heavily working on the development. We are in the middle of closing our fundraising. So we still have a little bit room open. So anyone interested, we'd be more than happy to talk to them. It's moving very fast. We are getting a lot of interest and we are super excited to really change the future with the help of the community awesome hey thank you so much for spending this time with me thank you for having me it was very exciting to share this time with you and I'll also learn from you <laughs> thank you very much well I wish you all the best thank you okay take care thanks again for listening to the non-fungible podcast see you again soon